It is exciting to be here and uh, really unpack the message of, of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's what we're celebrating today, that Jesus came back to life. And that has a direct impact in you and me and all those who we associate with on a daily basis. It changed all of history, changed the date we use. This is one of the most impacting moments historically documented, the resurrection of Jesus. It's a beautiful day, and it means life for all of us. And Jesus had a lot of things going on, a lot of things um, he had said that had been said about him by prophets over generations, hundreds and hundreds of years. And he fulfilled every single solitary word spoken of him the moment he raised from the dead. It's pretty crazy to imagine the impact that we have the opportunity to celebrate today that Jesus rose three days after he hung on a cross. So, sure enough, Jesus was handed over to authorities, the same as he told those that hung out with him during his really three years of ministry. He told them that he was going to be betrayed. He told them that he was going to be crucified. He told them that he was going to uh, pay their penalties and that he would raise three days later. And it happened. He took our cross. And this has been just, this week as I've been dwelling on Jesus, and trying to wrap my mind around this incomparably amazing moment in history, I've been just thinking, man, that, that was my cross. I mean, that totally was my cross that he found himself on. I'm the sinner. I'm the one who's done wrong, who's missed the mark, and yet he paid my price of death on a cross for me because he loved me so much, Right? It's just overwhelming to me. His cross is love. His cross is love. But thanks be to God, the cross is not the end of the story. We don't have to stop there and be in sorrow because he's hanging on a tree. They buried him and he rose from the grave. And this is how it all went down. I want to read the passage in Luke 24 that maybe you've seen quoted around social media already this morning if you woke up and first thing checked your Instagram post and saw version's latest image. This is what Luke 24 reads like. In verse 1 it says, very early on Sunday morning the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Now, this was not a small stone. This was a massive stone that they put in front of the tomb of Jesus. The stone was rolled away from the entrance. So they went in bold, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified. They bowed with their faces to the ground. And then then the, the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. He's risen from the dead, they said, right? Remember what he told you back in Galilee. 
that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would raise again on the third day? Then they remembered what he had said, that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples, everyone else, what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. Jesus had fulfilled like the final promise, the unbelievable promise of raising from the dead. He rose again on the third day. He conquered death, hell, the grave, and passed on that promise and fulfilled that promise of eternal life to anybody who would put their faith in him. This is the message of hope contained in Easter. This amazing day. The resurrection of Jesus is is life to the full to us. That's the promise. It's love to us. It's hope filled. So that's the expectancy we can enter into Easter, right? And maybe for you it's been a while since you've looked into Jesus. Since you've really considered the impact of Jesus' life on you. Um, it's amazing. It, I don't think it matters if you're close or far away. This is an impact, impactful message to look at. Because imagine these women. They were close to Jesus. They had walked with, they had been with Jesus within the last three years. They, had, they knew the story of Jesus. They knew the crucifixion. They knew all this had happened. But even they didn't remember until these two angels reminded them, hey, Jesus said he was going to raise from the dead, and he's risen. We forget how powerful it is. I mean, we just allow it to escape us. But then they remembered. And I hope today you can remember all that is surrounded in the invitation Jesus is giving all of us to invite him into our life. I just... I want it to overwhelm you all day, all Easter, not just this morning, but like when you're eating later, when you're having that Easter meal, whatever that looks like for you and your family, that you would just be overwhelmed when you say grace over that meal about what Jesus has done for you. Maybe tomorrow you wake up just realizing his mercies are new every day. I can't wait to just breathe this fresh life into you. So we want to celebrate this whole journey today. The life, the, the cross, the grave. But what he does in here, it, you know, it's like, what is it? We have questions. It's like, what does this look like for me today, like years later? What is the impact of this? How should this impact me? And, and we really believe you can sum up Jesus' life in our big idea today. So if you have the fill-in or if you've opened the app, the big idea is simple. It's the conclusion of the text we're about to read, but Jesus came to seek and save us. Like that was Jesus' mission from his father, God. He came to earth to seek and save us. That's what he did through the cross and the grave, is he saved us. We think a moment in the life of Jesus will show this, and it's not your normal Easter passage, but we really felt convicted months ago we felt like this is what, what shows the power of the resurrected Jesus in our life. And it's a story of a guy 
that's kind of named like me. My full name's Thaddeus. It's Zacchaeus. So we're going to look at Zacchaeus today. A story of pursuit, of passion, of forgiveness and transformation found in Luke 19 in the Gospels. Luke's writing this account of history. And, and this is how it reads, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the whole region. And he had become very rich. So that's where we differ, me and Zacchaeus. I'm just saying. Okay, moving on. Well, in other ways, I'm... Anyway, we'll get going. Uh, he, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be with the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes... I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. That's what this is all about. This is what Jesus came for, right? And our big idea, to seek and save us. In this day, unlike today, I'm sure, tax collectors were crooked. So, this guy was especially crooked. He was so rich, get it, somehow he had become so wealthy, he could give away half of his riches and four times as much as he stole from people, and it sounded like he was still going to be pretty rich, right? So he was a notorious sinner, made people so mad that out of everybody Jesus could have chosen the crowd, so many many people, Zacchaeus couldn't even see over the crowd, right, that he had to climb a sycamore fig tree. Out of all the people Jesus chose to have his meal and hang out that day with, notorious sinner, small guy on a tree. That's who he chose, And I was thinking, what would this look like today? Like, what would be a parallel? What would be a parallel today? Somebody that would make you grumble if Jesus chose, of all the people, if he showed up today and decided, I'm going to have a meal with the CEO of United Airlines. (laughs) Oh, no, no, I'm going to have a meal with the director of security of Chicago O'Hare Airport today, right? If you watched the news at all this week, if you turned on something very crazy, uh, like people were ready to crucify United Airlines and the security that 
pulled a guy off a plane. And Jesus would choose that person, the notorious one. And I'm sure it could cause all of us to grumble or be dissatisfied. Well, man, he would have loved my house. I had something sweet. I make good coffee. It's strong. You would have liked that, you know. Of all the people, why would Jesus choose to hang out with this guy? Because that's the way he had operated. Notice in the account here, it doesn't say the disciples were mind blown. This is right before Jesus is crucified. This is at the end of his ministry. And his disciples, those who had been close to Jesus, are like, classic. Could have called. In fact, I bet some of them were like, called it, you owe me, bro. You know, it's like, that, that had to have been the case because that's what Jesus did to show the extent of his love, his mercy, his grace. To those close to Jesus, they were just like, it was, this is what he does. This is how he operates. And he's still doing the same today. He's still doing it. He's still not going to let our lives get in the way of his grace. The religious had lost touch with grace, with mercy, with the favor of God. They wouldn't even associate or talk with somebody who was considered a sinner. That's, that's how they rolled. And therefore, they were the religious of their day. And the religious are still in the business of trying to stay pure by disassociation. When that's exactly the opposite of what Jesus would have done. Jesus didn't come with judgment and condemnation. He didn't come with religion. He came with a longing, with a hunger for relationship. And so maybe today you're asking questions. You're considering the power of what Jesus has done here and thinking, how does this apply to you? That's what we want to look at. Really three questions that will help us figure this out today, the how, the why, the what of Jesus seeking us and what that means we should be doing. So the first question we're looking at is, well, how did he seek and save us? And how does he seek and save us? By finding us where we are. Not where we hope to be or who we hope to become or who we're not. No, who you are, where you are. That's how Jesus longs for you right now. Jesus seeks after us, and he finds us where we are. He wants to be with us and will go anywhere necessary to find us there. That's a powerful reality. John 1.14 says, The word became human, made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. He made his home right here, on purpose. Beautiful. Jesus is saying, I must be a guest in your home in this passage to Zacchaeus. It's divine necessity. And nothing has changed today. He's saying the same thing. He wants to be the invited guest in our lives as well. We are Zacchaeus. Looking in trying to get a glimpse of Jesus today to celebrate what he's done for us. Sometimes it's in the form of come follow me 
Sometimes it's in the form of, I want to be a guest in your home, or maybe it's in a question like, what is it you need? But Jesus is always trying to figure out where people are as you read through the accounts of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel books of the New Testament. How he invites himself where we are is irrelevant. The point is, he's absolutely full of passion to have a relationship with us. So, for you, maybe today, he's reaching you saying, man, I'm going to be with you in that interview. I'm going to be with you when you have that conversation with your kids. I'm going to be with you I want to show up where you are when you go to the doctor's office. Don't be filled with fear. Your house is going to close. Or a house will be on the market. I mean, he's that relational. He wants to be a part of our life, right? Be comforted. I know where your marriage is at. I know that class is tough. Bring me along to school. I mean, maybe he would say that, right, guys? Right. Front two rows are like, represent. He just talked to us. That was weird. <laughs> um, I will be with you when you go to that estranged family member for lunch today. I don't know what it is, but he wants to be where you are. Where you are is where he wants to be no matter where you are. He's not intimidated by our mess. In fact, it's almost like he's drawn to it. He'll continue to seek you until you are found. Second question is, why does he seek and save us? Like, why is he doing this? To save us from our sin. Romans 3.23 says, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. None of us are perfect. No perfect people are allowed. We can think that our sin is a deterrent for God to seek us, but it's not. God's grace is not dependent on your sin. It's on one thing alone. That's Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. The price has been paid. You can't fall out of his love. Jesus is not like, oh, Jericho, if there was only somebody here, but... That dude in the tree isn't going to do because he's a notorious sinner. He didn't turn around to the disciples and say, see that guy in the tree? Yeah, his name's Zacchaeus, and he's a notorious sinner. Oh, yeah, he's sinful. Sin, bad sin. Sin's bigly. Anyway, I'll never do that again. I just got in trouble by all the staff. They're like, never do Trump impersonations on the mic. And here I am doing it at Easter. I'm so busted. Anyway. Um, but Jesus would not have turned to his disciples and gossiped about Zacchaeus. He would not have said, this guy's way too out of reach. He would not have, have walked underneath him to prove how sinful he was. That's not Jesus' way. He doesn't do that. Jesus reaches out. It's because of our sin we have Jesus. God knew we couldn't make it by trying to obey rules and regulations. We can only make it by the grace of Jesus. 
We can't save ourselves through actions, only through a response to Jesus' invitation. And Jesus says in verse 9 of this passage, he says, salvation has come to this home today. Like Zacchaeus said yes to Jesus' invitation when he came down from the tree. Lots of scholars would say that's the moment he chose to follow Jesus. He put his trust in Jesus. He experienced salvation. That that was his moment. He just surrendered himself to his love. It overwhelmed him. He, he, he was ready. He was already searching, and this was it for him. Salvation has come to this home today. Romans 5.8 says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Not once we were perfected. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. It's out of God's great love for us that he gave up his life. He came to save us from our sin, not to save the sinless. He didn't say that. He didn't say he came to seek and save the sinless. Great guy he was. Everybody else is toast, right? No. He came to seek and save those that were lost in sin. Salvation defined as God's way of providing people deliverance from sin and death. Simple, God's way of providing people deliverance from sin and death. God's plan for people since the beginning of all time, throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, was to save us, to redeem us, and to give us life to the full. That's the focus of all of Scripture, the whole Bible. And Zacchaeus experienced this salvation. It came to his home. He accepted the invitation to Jesus, transformational moment when he got down from the tree. And then he exemplified the inward transformation through a spontaneous act of surrender and generosity. It's pretty crazy. Acts 4.12 says there's salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Jesus. The name above all names. No other name found like it. And we have the same opportunity to make the same steps, to take the same actions that Zacchaeus did. To follow his invitation. So what do we need to do? What's the step? Invite him in. Invite him in. It's... it's, That's what we're being called to. Zacchaeus climbed out of the tree and welcomed Jesus into his house. The imagery here is of you surrendering your heart to Jesus. Inviting Jesus into your home, which is your heart. Listen to the way Paul, one of the the freshly transformed disciples, as he wrote to the church of Ephesus. Listen to what he wrote in Ephesians 3.16 He said, I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, How high and how deep his love is. 
may you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life. Isn't this a beautiful, don't you want that? It's through the power that comes from God, it says. Jesus wants to make his home in your heart. Will you trust him? Zacchaeus chose to, a notorious sinner. He wants the deepest roots in your life to be God's love. This love is immeasurable, or as we sang, uncontainable. But you can experience it today. Some think that by confessing their sins, they'll be good. That they don't need to believe in Jesus. But in, in Zacchaeus's case, it's, it's the opposite. He invited Jesus in, then confessed his sins. The love of Jesus literally just opened him up and said, I've cheated people, I'm giving it back fourfold, and I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. Like, instant transformation when he invited Jesus in. That's powerful. I remember when I invited Jesus into my life, same power. Same, I walked out, I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, of all places, walk out of the Delta Center at the time is what it was called, and the grass isn't green in Utah, but the grass seemed greener. It was just this instant transformation in my life by simply responding to Jesus' invitation. Zacchaeus invited Jesus in after Jesus invited himself and immediately was transformed. Salvation came to his house. The house is our heart now, right? An act of confession, generosity, payback, all these things came out of relationship with Jesus They didn't earn him his relationship with Jesus. That's not what brought salvation to his home. Jesus walked into his home. We need to realign our lives with Jesus at the center. That's what Zacchaeus did in an instant. So Jesus gives us the story of Zacchaeus so we can see what it looks like to complete his desire for us. Today, you're the hero of this story of Easter. Yeah, Jesus rose from the grave, but he did it so that you could be impacted by this message. Jesus' message is lived out through you, through your transformation, because he is always looking for Zacchaeus. You're why he went to the cross. So have you invited him in have you responded to his invitation don't worry about the condition of your home don't worry about your reputation again romans 8 1 says now there is no condemnation for those who belong to christ jesus jesus is not a condemner he's a savior he's not here to condemn us he wants to touch our lives so this is how we invite jesus into our heart or into our home which is our heart, right? says in Romans 10, 9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's 
it. So all you got to do. You'll be saved if you declare Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. Just like Zacchaeus, he wants to raise your life up today. The same power that raised Christ from the grave will raise you up. It'll raise you up. Worship team, you can head on up. Here at Open Life, we call inviting Jesus into your life, choosing to follow Jesus. This moment of salvation, we call it choosing to follow Jesus because it kind of helps us understand, like, we're following Jesus' lead. Like, just like Zacchaeus, Jesus said, I want to come to your home. And Zacchaeus kind of followed that invitation. And... We want to give you a chance to follow that invitation today. This Easter, that the resurrection of Jesus would mean your life would be resurrected. Would mean you would be impacted in such a deep and sincere and genuine way. And maybe for some of you, choosing to invite Jesus into your life would be a first time experience. And, and you have all those worries or concerns of, man, do I deserve this? Am I just, is my reputation too bad? Am I the notorious sinner? What's going on here? Set worry aside and embrace the grace God sent us in the, Son of, in the Son, Jesus Christ. Do not fear. Life is full on the other side of a choice to invite him into your heart. And maybe for others, you're realizing it's been a while and I forgot the depth of his love and grace for me and those around me. Maybe you're like the women who found themselves at the grave forgetting Jesus' promises only three days later. So quickly do we forget the depth, the width, the height of Jesus' love for us. So that happens. We get forgetful, and I just want to reawaken it in you. I, I don't want you to walk out from here today with the regret of not opening your home to Jesus. So I want to bow our heads and I want to pray with those in this room. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes for this reason. I want you to picture this story again. But you're the one climbing up the fig tree. I'm not saying you're short in stature. But let's just say you're climbing up this tree. And you're trying to find Jesus. And you see him coming. And he's got his disciples and the crowd. And he's on his way. He's going to be crucified soon final moments of his life. You've heard stories of transformation. You've heard that he loves people even though they're the worst of sinners. You've heard he could raise the dead to life. You've heard that he could give sight to the blind, that he could open deaf ears. You've heard all these things. And in your mind eye picture now, you're Zacchaeus wondering, what's his response going to be to me? I'm a notorious sinner. I've cheated everyone in this whole region. I'm the most hated man in this crowd. And Jesus connects eyes with you. And he calls you by name. Feel your heart in that moment, connecting eyes with the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And what does he do? He does not condemn you. He calls you down to be in relationship with him if you'll just invite him to your home. 
If you're here today, still with your eyes closed and head bowed, and you're just in this moment, envisioning your Zacchaeus. If you're here saying, I need to respond to this invitation and invite Jesus into my home, into my heart today. If that's you, I want to pray with you. Will you raise your hand? Raise your hand if you want to invite Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else today? I'm going to invite him into my home. Awesome. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Incredible transformation is happening right now. Anyone else? Today, you're, yeah, awesome. Awesome. God, you know how many just even in their heart are surrendered to you right now in this room. And for those who had the courage to raise their hand right there and say, man, I need Jesus in my home. I pray right now that as we all pray together that their life, they would sense that same moment Zacchaeus sensed in this passage, that they would sense instant transformation and the embrace of love from the Savior of the world by simply doing what your word tells us to do, by confessing you as Lord and believing you rose from the dead. So we pray together and maybe you want to pray this out loud right where you're at. Jesus, I confess you as Lord and Savior of the world. Jesus, I want to invite you into my heart. I choose to follow you, Jesus, as Savior of my life. Forgive me of my sins and let me understand the depth of your love. I believe you rose from the dead and you're giving me life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.